you I am honored to be able to share this morning and you know God gives us opportunities to share his word in many places and it's a blessing to share it with you so let's take a moment just to pray and then dive in this morning to see what he has to say to each of us father we do lay our hearts before you in this moment God as we look into the word it's not always uh, what we're trying to make it say to us, God, we don't want to do that. We want to place our hearts before it and see what you have to say to us, what, what we have to do to align ourselves with what you are leading us to. And this morning, as we read a familiar story, I pray that maybe it would uh, make our minds draw closer to you and that we would be in the place that you call us to do, and be who you've called us to be. In your name we pray, amen. So, so have you ever been asked to do something, and, and you weren't sure you heard the instructions right? You know, I, I know it, in school, whether it was in elementary, high school, college, uh, sometimes at work, we're given a task, and they say, hey, do this, and they give you some instructions you kind of take a step back. Sometimes at church you might get those instructions. Right, right now I know my best friend's in the military, and I know he gets instructions all the time that he kind of turns his head to wonder, what do you mean, and how am I supposed to do it in that manner? So sometimes we do ask for clarification, don't we? We say, could, could you please explain? Give me some more details. Other times we're too embarrassed. And, and we, just, we just go ahead and we, and we do what we've been asked to do. But all the time we might be wondering, well, why? Why am I doing this? Or, or, or why have you asked me? Or why can't I do it the way I've always done it? Or the way I know how to do it? All throughout Scripture, God's asked His people to do some things that have been a bit strange at times, out of the ordinary sometimes even a bit unexciting. You know, there was parting the Red Sea. That was pretty incredible, right? You know, he gave him the instructions and, and Moses followed him. Or, or even getting to walk on water. Those are some amazing things God has asked his people to. And, and God's power was displayed in that instant when those things happened. But today, I want us to look at three truths from an Old Testament story that, like I said, we're probably pretty familiar with, with Joshua and Jericho. And there's instructions given by God to his people. And they, and they honestly seemed pretty unexciting, didn't they? Uh, initially, not so amazing. So I want to read some portions today of Joshua 6, and it'd be 1 through 11, 15 through 17, and 20 and 21. So let's read those, these words today, and it says, Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out, and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands, all, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. 
when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse, and the people will go up, every man straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the people, Advance, march around the city, with the armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests, or marched ahead of the ark. Oops, I lost my place. Marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the people do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the people returned to camp and spent the night there. Verse 15. On the seventh day, they went up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the, man, in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded trumpet blast. Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who were with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. Verses 20 and 21. When the trumpet sounded and the people shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a sh loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in, and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it. Man, woman, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. I can imagine the look on some of the faces as Joshua told him the plan. I mean, it was already a very uh, tall task that was given to them. You know, they walked up to this walled city and they were supposed to take it. But this morning, I want us to find some truths here that, that we cannot just, you know, hear about in this story, but I pray that we apply to the instructions given to us as we're given orders by the Lord to follow, to seek out, to do His work. And the first truth that we do find is we must follow the instructions. In verses 2 through 5, Joshua is given the instructions on how to take Jericho. Very detailed instructions, right? It, there was logistics on where the priests were supposed to be, the armed guards, where the ark was to be positioned, the strategy, the battle plan, you know, hey, we're going to march around the city once a day for six days. And then on that seventh day, you're going to do the same thing, but you're going to do it seven times, and there'll be this loud blast from the trumpets, and at that time, everybody's going to shout. 
some pretty strange instructions, but very detailed, to the point. There was one time at a church I was serving in, and we received this box because we were setting up a new office, and in the box was a desk. I'm not a big instruction reader when I'm putting things together, but when I pulled this box off the truck and opened it up and looked at all of the pieces that were in this, I quickly decided in that moment on this desk, I should follow the instructions. And these are really just long thumbs, so it really is a challenge for me to do things like that and put things together. But we followed the instructions, and there were 29 steps to put together a desk. 29. All these little pieces. But I had to complete the first step before I could move on to the next step. And the previous step, no matter how small it was, that step was required before I could complete the next step. Right down to piece H28917, which was really just a really tiny screw. And there was a bag full of them. And it seemed every step required those. And it seemed that I was never, even though I took them out of the bag on each step, that the bag never got empty. But when I finished step 29, I had a desk. And it looked like it was supposed to. And for me, even more amazing, it was sturdy and it functioned. But I had to follow all the instructions to get there. Every single detail. Joshua and the Israelites, they had to follow all the instructions. They couldn't couldn't skip to the last. You know, okay, we did this the first day. Uh, Let's skip the ones in between. Let's Let's get to day seven. Let's do the final work now. They couldn't skip them. It was an exercise in obedience for the Israelites. And you know what? It it had to be quite confusing for all the people inside the walls of Jericho. I mean, mean, think of it. They've got this fortified city, and they're used to a certain battle plan when someone comes in. And these people are just marching around? It, It didn't make sense even to those who were inside the city that was in a very strange way being laid siege. But they had to follow every step. You got to follow all the instructions, no matter how strange. The second truth that we find is we must do the entire job. Not just follow all the instructions, but you got to complete it, get to the end. I mean, think about day one. I'm sure it was pretty exciting on day one. Everybody was getting organized. Joshua had already given them all the instructions. You know, the trip around the city. They they were probably wondering what was going to happen. What will we see today as we're following these instructions? Would, would, Would the wall start to crack? Would the earth shake a little bit? 
How do you think they felt after that first day when, when nothing happened? There may still have been some excitement on the second day. Okay, we did this once. Maybe that was just to get us in practice. Now we're going to go out and do it again. And we, we're definitely, definitely going to see something. Joshua may have even been expecting something to happen on day two. Scripture tells us in verse 12 that Joshua got up early the next morning. I wonder if that was just because he was antsy and he, he couldn't sleep. But, but for some reason, that detail was given to us about the second day. He got up early the next morning. But we don't have any details about mornings and days three through, three through six at all. Just that the Israelites marched around the city one time each day. That's the only thing we know. I can't imagine how long the book of Joshua would be if we had been given detailed information about days three through six. But just a short synopsis of what that might have looked like. You know, on day three, he got up even earlier than the day before. You know, knowing that he'd have to go through camp, you know, banging on some pan with a spoon to get the people to get out of bed because, man, they've already done it twice. They're a bit tired because they walked and they didn't see anything. So I've got to really get them stirred up and get them worked up this morning. Day four, he got up even earlier than the day before. This time he went from tent to tent calling out names because he's trying to get them motivated because nothing's happened yet. Day five, he got up even earlier. And this time he may have borrowed one of the trumpets and gave it a few blasts as he walked through camp because he knew he needed to get everybody going. Imagine by day six, Joshua knew it was going to be a pretty difficult morning. He, he probably didn't even bother going to bed. Because he was up sweating. We're, we're at day six and nothing's happened yet. How am I going to get them motivated? How am I going to keep them on task? Are they going to get up? Am I going to have less and less show up today? Even though they were all supposed to be there. I can't imagine what his task was like on day six. I mean, I know what I would have done on day six to get people motivated. I know what gets me moving in the morning. There's two things, the smell of coffee and the smell of bacon. But unfortunately for Joshua, the second one was not an option. <laughs> but, but that would have got the people moving. I know for me and my heart, man, I, that would have stirred me and I would have been there. spent 20 years working with students in student ministry and, and took mission trips. And, and then when we'd go on those trips, man, they were all excited when we'd start the task on day one. Oh, man, by day three, 
it was like getting my son out of bed every morning when he was a senior, you know. He's, he should be thankful that he slept in a loft bed because I couldn't just pull him out of it. But it was, a, it was a struggle because they weren't seeing the completion. Yeah, some, some work had been done, and, and maybe the first day we didn't get much done because we were looking at the whole task that we had to do. Day two, we might have got a little done, and a lot of times it was stuff below ground because we were setting footers or, or digging holes to put. So you still didn't see anything, so it was tough. And I can't imagine this task that Joshua had. But, oh, day seven. Day seven. They, 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 they said the job was only going to take seven days. Day seven. I'm sure there was a bit of excitement for the people. It was the end. They were going to see God do something. Seven times around that day. And on the seventh time, that loud trumpet blast, and the people shouted, and God did something, didn't he? It said the walls collapsed. And then they charged in and took the city. But if they hadn't done the entire job, if they hadn't done days two and three and four and five and six, they wouldn't have got to that point where they would have seen God's amazing power on display. The walls wouldn't have come down. Which brings us to the third truth. Completing the job. No matter how insignificant it seems. Will bring down walls. Do you you think the Israelites expected the walls to fall and just walk in and take the city? I mean, because it it never happened like that before. The the wall was just a barrier. Surely there would have to be a battle. Yeah, the the walls are going to come down, but, but we're going to have to fight. I'm sure that was their mindset. But when the trumpet sounded in verse 21, at the end as we read this, they devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it. But, but it doesn't say that it took significant force to make that happen. I'm sure the people that were inside the city were were in shock that that these massive walls that they had built to withstand any human attack had just fallen without any human effort. So it seemed. There was human effort. There was obedience. There was listening to God and following God and allow Him to do something beyond their understanding, but even the folks inside as well. Which kind of leads us to, what are you being called or prompted 
by God to do. It may not be as glamorous as parting the Red Sea. I've never, I've been in ministry 27 years. I've never got to part the Red Sea or do anything. I've not gotten to walk on water. Now, I did spend 20 years in student ministry, so I did a lot of things that, that probably were some crazy instructions like Joshua was given. Maybe the instructions you've been given... Maybe what God is directing you to is as strange as walking around, blowing a trumpet, shouting at an appointed time. But you know what happened? What happened when the people did that and obeyed? Walls came down. Guys, we know there's walls We know there's walls in our community. We know there are walls in our relationships, in our homes, in our families. And this is the time of year that that we may recognize those walls a lot more. Some of those walls may be demonic strongholds. Some of those walls just might be divisive attitudes. You know what, those things, those things separate communities. Those things separate families and churches. In the beginning of verse 21, there's a very important few words. They devoted the city to the Lord. That, that, that city wasn't, even though he was their leader and he had listened to God and he instructed them and he had gotten up every day and gotten them out there, the city was not devoted to Joshua. It, it wasn't devoted to the Israelites because they listened. Jericho was taken by God. Why? Because of the obedience of his people even in those tasks that seem strange. And it was devoted to him. The victory, everything was devoted to him. This town can be taken for God. Walls here can come down. I encourage you, Do it no matter how strange or unexciting the task may be that you've been called to do by God. But then, what do you need to do? Devote the town to the Lord. Devote this community to the Lord. Devote your neighborhoods to the Lord as as you take down those walls, as you see them come down because of His leadership and following and obeying. You know what? When we complete what we've been called to do, no matter if it's behind the scenes, no matter if it's out where everyone can see, God will do things beyond our expectations. 
But you know what else? He will do things in amazing ways. As we look back at that story, it was all God. But the people had to obey, fulfill each step so that God's power could be on display. As we close with a song this morning, you know, I, I invite you, I invite you to, to pray. I invite you to commit yourselves to what God has given you to do as individuals, as a body of believers. What he's called you to be here in your community. But be prepared to be amazed by the hand of God as you walk in his way, as you fulfill those instructions, as you live in obedience in pursuit of him. Thank you.